Welcome to Spin It, where the worst of times can become the best of times. I'm your host, Stephanie Malik, an award-winning crisis management expert and business consulting strategist. Along with my team of experts at S. Malik Enterprises, I have worked with thousands of high-wealth individuals and businesses over the last 25 years to create customized approaches for crisis management and business consulting to ensure they take their careers, relationships, and companies to the next level. On Spin It, we pursue purpose and passion, aspiring to uncover the true story behind every guest's successes and failures, removing the mystique behind what it takes to be truly successful from those that have actually done it. I'm chatting with executives and entrepreneurs all over the globe to understand how they turned obstacles into opportunities to grow not only themselves, but their businesses. I want to impact and inspire you and as many people as possible, not by blurting out the same old motivational phrases, but with the truth and authenticity behind real success, along with the roadmaps and methodologies it takes to get there. Whether it was a scandal, a broken business model, or simply navigating the noise, we want you to learn from our mistakes. It's all in how you spin it. Today, we'll be speaking with Brian Esposito. Brian is the founder and CEO of Esposito Intellectual Enterprises. He is an award-winning serial entrepreneur, a business leader, and a great friend. Brian began his career in the late 1990s when he built the first B2B and B2C e-commerce platform for the beauty industry. He has worked to develop brands for athletes, celebrities, musicians, and entertainers. In 2013, he founded Esposito Intellectual Enterprises. As a leader, his passion is for solving problems and helping others solve their problems. However, in 2016, he faced a physical crisis when he was hit head-on by a drunk driver. Through this horrible crisis and obstacle, Brian was able to spin it and turn it into an opportunity. Let's meet with Brian now. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to get right into the content that we talked about, and I have some questions regarding the accident. So one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk about, and I, and actually, I didn't know. I didn't know about this. I knew that there was an accident, but I didn't know any details. I didn't realize it was as new as 2016. So you are already incredibly successful when the accident happened. Can you talk to me about the accident? Can you talk to me about what you were what you were working on and then how that kind of affected where you were going with, with where you were being an entrepreneur? Yeah, so at that moment, I was uh, really heavily involved in the beauty industry. I was 16 years into building a global beauty company for manufacturing products, distributing products, retailing products online. We were Amazon.com's first beauty luxe retailer. We were Jet.com's first retailer. Back in the day, it was Google Checkout's uh, wallet first uh, beta tester. So always looking to see what new technologies I can bring in to really connect and enhance the consumer's experience. And I was also building my own companies. I had a liquor company, we had an apparel company, suite of technology companies. So I had this giant mess, but I loved it. And, and I just kept building my whole world and, and how I saw that I can control my world and, and build my own little ecosystem. On February 12, 2016, drunk driver hits me in a highway in Nashville. I was heading to the office foolishly on a Sunday and uh, four in the afternoon, and my whole world changed. I, I, she clipped me, I went flying across the uh, four-lane highway. Beautifully enough, behind her, I, I believe were two angels. For miles behind her, they were blocking traffic, calling 911, because I do believe if they weren't doing that, 
I would have gotten hit again from another car and it just would have been a bigger mess. Um, and, uh, and I'm here. So I'm grateful that I got that hit. She could have killed somebody. And it also jolted me to change my entire business model because I was the glue of everything. I was supporting people in positions that had no right being in those positions. I was an idiot. And, and I thought I was doing the right thing. I was last to eat. I figured, let me make sure everybody else is well taken care of. And whatever crumbs are left at the end of the year, I'll either eat them or I'll reinvest them into my companies. But if I was first to eat for those 15 years and I was smart with my money and I wasn't buying Lamborghinis or taking million dollar vacations, I would have a giant arsenal of resources to help me get through that accident, uh, mentally you know, come back and recover from what I was dealing with and continue on my model flip catch 22 of that, I'm glad I didn't have those resources because my model is wrong. I quickly acknowledged I need to change everything because the minute that I was ripped out of that, my whole world fell apart. I was a connector for all the businesses. I was a pipeline of deal flow because of my relationships. Uh, I was the deal maker. I was the one making everything moving. And once that stopped, uh, nobody was there to do anything. They didn't know how to do anything. And I, and I take full ownership and blame on that because it was my doing that put these people there. And I was wrong. So I said to myself, I need to clean house. And I also, more importantly, I cannot be angry or bitter in doing this. It's very easy to be angry with the world, be mad at the people that you supported for years, dec uh, decades for some people. I couldn't be mad and angry and have internal demons and still try to rebuild. It never would have worked. I would have just been, I would have been a mess of a person. I would have been, nobody would have wanted to deal with me. We're all old enough to see certain actions don't result in good karma coming back. You know, there's enough history that we all can look up. There's enough people within our own family sometimes, you know what to do, what not to do, you know how to react, how not to react. So I, I made a conscious decision. I'm, I'm grateful for the accident. I'm grateful I lost everything. And it took, me, it took me a long time to rebuild it and rebuild it correctly with the right support system and resources behind me that, you know, in the event that that happens again, the world can continue to operate. And, uh, and hopefully I'm able to now leave a positive mark on, on, on what I've built. So that's actually really incredible. It's just another, it's another area where you and I align because you know you think that you're doing all of these things with the absolute best intentions. Like you're not going, it's not greed. You're like, oh, they just need another chance or you know what, let me give them their shot or hey, you know what, let me coach them through this. And what you or, or I, what we've talked about previously is we don't realize that we were pouring for so long from an empty cup. Although I didn't have the accident, there's a lot of people that depended on me and with my consulting firm and with growing up professionally in Silicon Valley, there were so many people that depended on my advice or my structure and they would just wait. They would like, I would, I would sit there and I would wait and there'd be people stacked outside of my, of my door waiting to talk to me or get that five minutes with me. And you're so right, Brian, you can't, you can't build an ecosystem with that because you're the conduit. You're the, you're the bottleneck, you're the stoppage. And the fact that you changed everything after the accident, relatively, it's a pretty darn short time after the accident. And look at what you've got going on now. I want to talk about that in a second. But the one thing I want to talk about is you always liken this to the Titanic of the people that you have around you. You really thought that you had these stable, great personal relationships, family relationships, resource relationships. After the accident, how did that work out for you? Yeah, a lot of people got upset with me and I don't care. You know, this is my life my world. I'll do anything for anybody if you're a good, decent person and I'll give you my time and any resource I have. But if you're going to be a negative, non-supporting 
person. I don't know if you want to call them that. I don't think they're people if you're a negative, not supporting you know, entity. I can't have you in my life, you know? And, and that sounds cold, but I learned, yeah, I'm the youngest of four. So 10 to 13 years younger than my siblings. With that, I experienced death at such an early age. I lost grandparents early, I lost aunts and uncles. I was always at a funeral. I was at more funerals than birthday parties. And so I always knew that time was very precious. And then when I had that accident, I'm like, what the hell? I'm living for all these other people. I, I never did what made me happy besides creating. I love to create. And then I, I, my model was, here, I'll create something. Now you go and do it. But that was my creation. That was my value. That's my brain. That's my time. That's my fingerprint is on that. So it was, it was all part of this process. You know, you're welcome to be in my world. I'll invite anybody into my world. If you're positive, good person, really no greed or ego. Like, I don't, I don't mix well with that. If I'm in a room and some guy's flashing me his watch, I'm like, I don't want to throw up on him. Like, I like to just be in a, an environment where everybody wants to just do good work. And then the money's a byproduct, the success is a byproduct, but let's do something great together. Let's build something. That's what I love. That's my passion. And then properly marketing it to the consumer or the company and having some traction, there's, there's really nothing better than that in my world um, and what I love to do. But, you know, it's uh, people get it now. They understand me. You know, I've, I've always been the youngest person in the room. It's the, the age gap is getting a lot shorter now, which is good. So it was very difficult for me to be authoritative in certain situations just because of my age. Whether I knew the right thing or not or whether I had I knew more than the other people in the room was irrelevant because I was immediately stamped with what does this kid have to know? And that applies to certain family members, that applies to business colleagues, that applies to partnerships. But now I have, I put my story out there like, listen, it ain't easy. This is what I went through. Anybody that tells you it's easy is delusional or they're lying to you or they're generational wealth and they just never worked a day in their life. Now, life is hard uh, and it gets harder every day. But when you know how to overcome challenges and you're open to understanding that, well, where's the next problem? It's coming. You deal with it. You just deal with it and, move, and you move on. And if, if you're wasting time sitting whining about it or um, why me mentality, you know, bad things happen to good people. That's just the reality and bad things happen to bad people. But when it happens to you, get smarter and wiser, figure it out, overcome it. And then your job is to make sure that that same exact thing doesn't happen again. So what you're doing is you're lessening the issues that happen to you time and time again, as long as you're correctly overcoming them and correcting them. Yeah. So I think that's fabulous. You touched on a few things. So the first thing is always being the youngest in the room. So I, I completely feel that because I was always the youngest in the room. I was generally the only female in the room. And then on top of that, I was constantly trying not to speak because I, I didn't want to sound stupid. So I was just taking in all of the information. Like as it would come in, I would just, I would just sponge and I would listen to everything. And then when I would speak, you know, oftentimes they were like, God, Stephanie, how'd you come up with that? And, and for me, Brian, it took so long to get comfortable. It took so long for me to actually be comfortable in my own skin. And, and like you said, to share my story, to say, hey, you know what? I'm the fastest. I'm the 10-year overnight success. You know, it's not easy. And doing it as a single mom and doing it and trying to be a great influence to others. And again, like you said, toxicity breeds contempt. Why do you want to be in my life? What's the ecosystem? What's, you know, people talk about relationships and networks. Those are so vastly different. A relationship is trust and bonding and it's true 
creating things together and then figuring out the best way together and not operating in a silo, which I raised my hand. I did so often and I didn't do it out of greed. I did it because I didn't want to put pressure on anyone else. I wanted to take the pressure for myself, which was just so stupid and arrogant and dumb and just ridiculous. So when you talk about being the youngest in the room and when you talk about really truly kind of delving into creating, it really hits home for me. And I know it will for a lot of the audience because people are right in the middle of, of trying to figure out what entrepreneurship is. And one of the things I say all the time is if you're looking for like a quick buck or you're looking to be a multimillionaire, you're looking for that Lamborghini or that watch like you brought up, you have so long to go to create resiliency and creating your business model and creating a sustainable business. So I'm so happy that you brought that up. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm so proud of you. Keep, keep doing great things. Thank you. Thank you. So another thing I want to talk about, and I, I just actually recently looked at this yesterday, Brian. So I know you say this a lot. I know you just say this a lot, but I just, I looked at social media yesterday in preparation and you say time is our biggest commodity, our most precious gift. So I have been saying this for my entire life. Tell me what it means for you. Like if you're explaining this to a young one or you're explaining this to a very young entrepreneur, Talk to me about how you say, hey, listen, pay close attention to your time because tell me what that is. You know, it changes throughout the day depending on the situation. But in, in the general sense, you can, you can make and lose money. You can make and lose things. We know present day, you, you can't make any more time. You know, there's, there's it, when, when you see people like Steve Jobs pass away, you know, there ain't no, <laughs> there ain't no answer. So with that being said, you need to quickly, here's why I, I love people that infiltrate my world, because they showed me a vulnerability. The more people you meet, the more bad people you meet, and meet as many as you can early on because you have a lot less to lose then than you do later on in life when your career starts to kick in, you start to make more wealth. You know, If you don't season yourself and know what to look out for, you're in a lot of trouble in, later on in life. So it's your job to pinpoint certain personalities, certain traits, certain characteristics that don't mesh with you. And I'm not judging people. You know, I often say criminals are brilliant, just get greedy, but they are brilliant. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that away from them. So you need to pick up traits that make you lose sleep, make you sick, make you not focus on your work. When you, when you see those people in your life, you need to get rid of them immediately. They're not going to change. Well, I say post 25 years old. Anybody post 25 years old, that's who they are. It's not your job to fix them. You're not a priest. You know, you're not their parent. Like, that's, that's their journey. Say a prayer for them. Thank them for showing you a characteristic or a personality that you don't want in your life. And now going forward, when you smell someone that is not them but resembles them, you know, okay, bye. Have a great day. I'm not going to invite you into meetings. I'm not going to invite you into my world. And that's where I feel the most important theory that time is our most precious commodity because there are leeches out there that will drain your energy, drain your time, and there is no re positive reward. There's nothing. It's just their job is to take you off your path. Um, and I, I, I don't want to get spiritual or, or religious on you, but every time I'm moving in a direction and I'm moving strong, that damn devil drops in something, some blast from the past, some new shiny thing to look at. And that entire reason is to take you off the good path that you're on. And the minute that you do it, you reset, you lose time, you go backwards, that opportunity is gone. So you got to, you know, nothing is easy. If something is flashy and shiny in your face or somebody's telling you all these great things that we're going to do, 10 out of 10 times, it's noise. You know what you can do. Invest in yourself. 
just create your own destiny and 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 learn from the bad people so you don't meet their doppelgangers out there in the world, the ones that are them cloned in different different skin and different names. Uh, so to me, that is how I always think about when when I'm on a call with somebody and 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 I and I go deaf because I just know it's it's nonsense, it's noise, it's noise. I say, okay, well, my, this reminds me of so and so from 2004. Thank you. Bye bye. And and I freed up, you know, I freed up a potential problem, and I and I didn't waste any time on on that person because I knew it was going nowhere. So so I love that. And and again, that's I really think that that's one of the things that makes you so incredibly special because you will end that phone call in a second. And, and you it's very great. No, seriously, Brian, it's it's amazing. Really, you're you're so gracious about it. You're very graceful. You've helped me with so many different things. And I love, love and adore you for that. But you are gracious. If it's not working for you or you have that bad feeling, you're like, hey, you know what? I just want to let you know it's probably not going to work out. You know, thank you so much for the chat. You're so gracious and graceful in doing this. You know, Daniel and I have talked about this several times, okay? Tell me the warning signs though. Cause you know, I have a 26 year old and it's just mom talking. And I'm like, I feel like you keep repeating these kind of these same type of Tell me what that is. So you're on the phone, you're in a business meeting, or somebody goes, hey, can I pick your brain? Tell me a couple of things to look for. N- name droppers to me is, is, is a red flag. Uh, don't drop names. Uh, it's just not. I do that just, all the time it, with you it, when I walk it, into a room. No, no, I'm like, you, you know who that. I know? <laughs> I like talking to you. I can talk to you all the time. Um, name dropping to me, I just like, come on. Uh, it's silly. Because there's really, there's really no merit or meat behind that. They're using somebody else's name that maybe they were at a conference with 10,000 other people. And in their mind, they're justifying that they know that person or they were in a room with that person. Uh, so that's a red flag for me. You know, people that are self-promoting telling me all the money that we're going to make. It's, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not money-oriented. Again, I'm not judging people. That I hope that person makes, I hope, I hope they win the promises they were telling me about, but I know, I know I'm not going to win. So, and you're not going to, here's the other thing. You're not going to use me to give you credibility. Cause I've, I've been in that boat where I'm, I'm biting what they're saying. I'm liking what they're saying. I'm liking the angle. And then all of a sudden I become, that puts me in harm's way. I become the credibility to their bullshit. And now I'm introducing my world into it. And all of a sudden, how did this, how did this happen? This isn't even real. I'm involved. I brought in my legal, my accounting, our compliance. I have my best business partners. And, and now I have to immediately say, guys, I effed up on this. I take ownership. Uh, it, it's not the guy's fault. I bid, I bid in. Good salesman. I may hire this person yeah, right. in the future for something. Have a, I have a position for you. <laughs> but uh, I, can't, I can't blame people for, for my actions. That's, that's me. You know, I, I made a decision to, to, to bite, and, and, uh, and I gotta, you got to quickly nip it in the butt. You, you can't keep it going and hope it turns into something because all it's going to do is going to eat at you. It's going to make you infuriated, and it's going to jeopardize all the other great work that hopefully that, that you're doing as an entrepreneur. Uh, so take ownership. Hell, it's great to own something. I, I crack up when I, when, I, when I make a mistake because this is good. I'm still learning. I'm evolving. I'll, I'll do it again tomorrow, hopefully. As long as I don't make the same mistake over and over again, 
And I think that's the definition of insanity. That's that's when you run into a problem. Right, right. And I and I think that that's the thing. That's the meat is is learning. Like I'm the first one to raise my hand. I mean, I, I do it more times than I'm comfortable even sharing. Like, oh gosh, you know what? I blew that. Or hey, you know what? I didn't. Because you get sucked into the idea. You get sucked into helping. You get sucked into the opportunity of of just the knowledge, not so much the money, like you said, because I'm not money motivated either. Um, and then pretty soon I have to raise my hand and duck out and apologize profusely for my mistake. And yeah, and, and, and people respect you better for it. You actually build stronger bonds. Absolutely. And, and here, Brian, you know what? And actually, is it hard for you? Because it's not hard for me to do it all. No, no, not at all. It's harder for me to, to acknowledge a win because I'm not the type of guy that boasts about a, a win. It's, it's hard. It's, that's actually harder for me. You know, another thing uh, to your great listeners, that's, that's I'm a connector. Stephanie, you're a connector. I love that about me. The minute Somebody, right, here's, let me walk through the process. You, you bite a little bit on this opportunity. You introduce somebody in, into an email thread with one of your colleagues or professional services arms, whatever, or you make a WhatsApp group. It happens more often than not, someone will BCC you on an email and come up with some BS reason, don't want to overburden your inbox. Uh, and and that, that is, do not do that. First of all, do you understand I'm introducing you to my relationship and you're taking me out of the equation? You're, you're dead to me. It's you actually, you, you physically, you, here's what I saw you do. You went behind your keyboard or your phone and you physically removed my name. That is, that is the, that's an action. You're actually showing me that you're removing me out of the situation and you're throwing me away. Now I have to, that's, an, that's embarrassing for a connector because then, Whoever you're introducing them to is like, well, what's going on here? Now they don't know your role. They don't know how this whole thing looks. So that is why my model right now is I will welcome you into my role. These are the rules and procedures. Again, we have legal compliance, private security, great accounting. People that are real will go through that procedure. People that are full of shit, you'll, you'll, you'll never see from them again. So that's another thing where it's an expensive thing to have, but it saves me time. Again, the money comes and goes. That's learn that the best of anybody, but you can't get that time back. Yeah. And that's, and that's, again, that's, that's a, a brilliant point, Brian. You know, the thing is, is that when that happens, I get, I get like a, almost a visceral reaction. I get like, Oh God, like it makes my stomach hurt. It makes my ears ring. Like, it's like, you're so shady and sketchy. And then I get upset. Cause I'm like, God, how could I have blown that? How did I mess that up? Like, they were so genuine in their in, the, in in what they were bringing to the table, and it's literally just like you said. It's an action. It's a thirty second action, and you just are dead to me. That's the best way to say it. You're just you're just done. Do you say it? Do you say it to them? Do you say you're done because of this? Oh yeah, I'll call them out because you know if if I'm going to be if the role is I'm going to teach somebody something, maybe I'm in, in the moment mentoring somebody. Do not do that. You lost me going forward. Whether I was going to do anything good for you or not, that's a what if. But you lost me. Don't do that going forward. Treat that person with respect. And yes, because maybe my job in that moment is to shake somebody and say, what the hell are you doing? That was the most idiotic, unprofessional, unacceptable move in the world. It made no sense. And, and And you don't just go and hijack or steal somebody's relationship. If you're going to do it, at least do it cleverly. Wait a few months and you know figure out the conference that they're going bit. to, and then like show up and say hi and grab coffee. Like, do don't be cleverly. so shady. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't happen to me now. It happened to me a lot, and I would just, like you said, I would sit there and just feel 
very upset. But now because here, here's the procedures. Right. We'll this take is it, what it we'll, is. We'll take it you know, to the next steps after you, you go through uh, this process. I love that. I love that. Okay. So let's jump into a few more business things. Okay. I was reading a few of the, the quotes and they just make me so happy because they are just uh, so you. So talk to me about what a tragic valuation is. Oh, that's what, I mean, am I, if I'm understanding it correctly, that, that's, that's where you don't, there's nothing to support that valuation. It's ha- look at every, I love public markets. The market works. It knows what things should be valued at. It's typically based off of some multiplier of earnings. That, you know, sometimes it's a little higher than it should be, but there's earnings, there's positive earnings uh, involved. Uh, and I don't want to pick on companies, but if you look at the Ubers, Facebook, Snapchats of the world, when they IPO'd, uh, the people that cleaned up on their holdings prior to that IPO made, made, made a lot of money, but it immediately went down to where the market felt it should be. And you know, they've now surpassed that initial IPO, but it's taking years. So if you bought it at that price, you lost half your value within a few months. And then if you stuck with it, all right, maybe you made, maybe you got back to a positive level. But I don't like unicorns. I don't like them. I do not like them. God bless the ones, the handful that have them. I think, I think here's, here's my theory on them. They take a lot of capital that could be distributed to a lot of other startups to create a much better environment for success, job creation, innovation. If, if, if you got, a, I don't want to pick on a bank, but a very large institutional investment bank says that this startup is too big to fail. We've just ingested another billion dollars into them. They now have a $20 billion valuation. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that money could just be, I don't want to go like socialism, but that money could be spread out properly to startups all over the world and, and really spur some incredible movements but all that's going to happen is that that company that's not making money, that's not properly valued, it's backed by a bank or a firm that made the wrong bet, but they continue to support it. If it does have an IPO moment, it's not the market's going to laugh at that. It's going to get destroyed. So in my opinion, and obviously I don't have a finance background like you do, okay? But I see that happening actually more and more and more. Why is this happening? I have a school of streets finance background. Just on a clarification, <laughs> I don't, I have a degree in marketing. And, a minor and you are very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to no, no, uh, no lying out there. I don't have a finance degree. I have finance background and needing to survive and figuring it out for my own needs. Uh, why is it happening? It is a broken model that people don't understand how to get off that hamster wheel. That is the model. I've done a lot of talks. I've done webinars for all these startups. And, I, and, I, and, and it's great because the, first they tilt their head and look at me like a dog. I'm like, you need to learn how to make money. Like, what do you, that's why you're in business, not go out and raise money uh, at a valuation that you made up. You know, nobody goes to Deloitte or Markham or Pricewaterhouse and gets a full valuation done. Why would you do that? That's silly. Why would you get a real valuation done? It's only your equity that you're giving up. And then they go and raise money and they make up a number, 5 million. They raise a million. They're immediately 80% now owner. And if they have friends, like I used to do, it's like, oh yeah, you can have 10%. Here's 7% for you. By the time you get to your second round, if you get to your second round, you're diluted out of your own company. So what are you doing? If you find the need in the market, you fill the need. If you, if, you, if you took the risk, I love that you took the risk and got out of the corporate world or you're no longer a teacher and you want to go and be your own business person. That's amazing. I'm addicted to people like that. I love that. So you took that initiative and then 
it's not anybody's fault. They get lost in the process. They think they have to raise money at a valuation, which ideally, if you're not making any kind of revenue after your friends and family round, you need to figure out, did you really create a product that the market needs? Or you're going to just be on this ridiculous roadshow of selling some BS to investors time and time and time again, and hopefully having a liquidity event at some point. People get very sidetracked when they read an article on LinkedIn. And this, this infuriates me too. When they see some startup or some firm raise millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, they immediately feel inadequate about their momentum. And I hate that. They start to compare themselves to this other company. They, they get lost. They lose their confidence. And then that's usually the first or second domino where they just, you see that they get deflated. I don't know if you've ever watched these startup pitches, but the first startup pitch you see these people are like, you know, doing the best pitch in the world. You can see the fire in them and, they, and they're loving it. By like the 10th one, they look like they're giving a eulogy. They just, there's nothing in them anymore. They're, they're completely yeah, it's a shell. toast. Yeah, yeah, they're toast. That's because they went on that process. And I don't blame people. That's the way it's been done. That's the way the investment banking world works. That's the way the accelerators or startup, uh, what do they call it, uh, incubators uh, work. You got to make money. If, you, if you're going to go and raise money or put your own money into a business and you're going to create a product, a solution, or a service, or a piece of IP, find a customer. Find one customer. That's all you need. Find one customer. Make some revenues. Then find another customer. Now you have two, and then you have four, and then you have 10, and you have 20. Build a business. You'll feel good about yourself and, and, and pay yourself. When money comes in, you need to reward yourself. It's good for your psyche, and that's what we're wired to do. You work, you get rewarded. You work, you get paid. If you're not paying yourself and you don't become your own bank, for your own company, then you're doing it wrong. And I could say that straight face because I did it wrong for 15 years until I got into an awful car accident when some drug addict drunk almost killed me. And I thanked this person. How bizarre does that sound? I thanked this person for allowing me to see all my flaws and what I was doing wrong. And I needed that to change my world. And I don't want anybody to have to go through that. And hopefully when I speak, it resonates to people to look inward and look at their company, look at where they're at. And find a way to start generating some earnings because that's going to keep you in business and that's going to keep you happy and your mental health stable and it's going to allow you to grow. Well, I think I think you touched on one of the biggest points is why are you doing this? And I'm hopeful that that is actually really to make money. Um, one of the things that we've talked about previously is, is that how refining the model would be very helpful. I realize that this is an entire new subject, but quickly talk to me about you're in business school. So you're going to go talk to somebody and somebody goes, Hey, Brian, you have five minutes to tell me how you would quickly refine a model. How would you refine just to start? So people talk about the valuations. It's ridiculous. People go and you're totally right. Here's 7% for my friend. Here's 10%. And then you're completely diluted out of the company. Why are we saying this? Why, why are these not the things that are being taught? Why are these not the things that are being said? And why are other people not really, truly focusing on refining this very, very broken model? Again, I'm not judging or picking on any of these firms, but it is, if I was a vulture, hell of a way to steal IP and, and companies and either hold it, dilute them out, and now you hold it and, and you own the patents, you own the trademarks, you own the copyright, you own the customer base. It's a great mechanism to steal. So if I was that kind of guy, I could do it all day long. And it's a write-off. You know, if, if these companies that have a portfolio of 100 companies and 10 were busts and 10 were successes, those successes are now tax-free earnings because they have all these losses to write off. It's not a friendly environment for startups, but it can be 
a domino, I like to say, for a startup. If a startup gets into an incubator or an accelerator, that's great. That's great for momentum. That's great for news. But now that's it. Like, go out and, and bring on revenues, bring on new partnerships, and grow the company where you don't need to take on any other investment. Or if you do, take on growth investment because you have business. And I, I'm not, it's not the first time I say it, but this is the first time in my history over the last two years. Amazing time to take debt. And I would, I would be allergic to saying that word, but they're giving out money that's basically free. All these startups, if you had revenue, if you had any type of forward projections in revenue, you can go borrow as much money as you need, keep your equity, have a little bit of an interest payment to pay back, and you can rinse and repeat that. I think this, this, this flow of cash coming out from these governments around the world is going to stay for a little bit to keep everybody, hopefully, with food on their table. So just think of that right there. If I had earnings, I can go get debt and borrow money from any bank through some government program almost within you know, 15, 30 days. Or take the next eight months of your life and try to raise money at an investment valuation that doesn't make sense and, and give up more of your equity. To me, it's, it's a no-brainer, but... Okay, so that is extremely valuable for all listeners, including doesn't really matter young or old. I think that that's incredible because people are so afraid, as you said, of taking on debt. Right now, there's a 20-something in front of you. They have no idea what they want to do, but they know that they want to start a business. They're in front of you. Nobody else is listening. Nobody else is watching. You find that they're fairly smart. They're smarter than the average bear. What do you tell them to do? Have they done anything yet? Or this is a Nope, they're 20. Concept. And they're like, oh, I don't really love college. I mean, but again, smart, super, super smart, hard worker, dedicated, but they just don't really understand what they want to do next. I'm going to need a lot more questions for them, but let's say they want to launch a product. You know, go out. I'll walk you through something I did, which I, I loved. I'm not going to give away the product because she hasn't officially launched it yet. But a dear friend that I have in, uh, from San Diego, she came to me two years ago with this incredible concept. Um, let's just say it's a consumer product for, for young females. Loved it. And my, my beauty background, I said, that's a hot product. That'll sell. Uh, so she, she knows the industry. She went to large retail stores. I won't give away a name, but it's got a bullseye. Sometimes I have a dog. In the <laughs> and they had this whole thing where, you know, maybe we'll take it. We'll need 100,000 units. You know, they have a lot of stores. They have an online store. So maybe they'll take 100,000 units, blah, blah, blah. But she came back to me two years later and was like, I- I'm going to need to borrow like a half a million dollars just to get the production run. They- maybe they'll sell through. Maybe they won't. And I said, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, what, isn't this great? I'm like, this is terrible. And I don't mean to be rude with you, but two years ago, I said, this was a great product. There's still nothing in the market. Why haven't you made one? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you don't need to go and do, and again, I'm speaking because I went through it. So I wasn't this rude to her, but I was, I was a little forceful. So I wanted her to like see it. You don't need to go and get a production run of 10,000 units from this manufacturer. Go online, order all the pieces individually, Create the packs yourself, get business insurance, get your trademark, get your website up, make 100 units. I want you to make 100 units. I want you to get your logo printed on, I get all the resources. Within two weeks, she had 100 units made. They, they blew me away to look better than I would have probably done on that kind of mission. And she sold out them to her friends and family. I'm like, now you're in business. She was three, I think three grand out. She's profitable on that run. There's no risk. You're, you're in business. You got the right business insurance. You got your trademark, got your website, got a great brand and a great product. So now the whole, her whole world changed. She's no longer living in fear of 
how am I going to get this run going with bullseye <laughs> and being in debt in the hole? And hopefully they sell through because if they don't, she's got to take them back and you know, she'd be out of business. And, and if she did raise money and go on an investment round, she'd given up all of her equity. So now she owns the whole thing. She's in business. Um, and, and it's amazing. Like that, that's, that's what I would walk somebody through. But see, again, Brian, that's your special sauce. And, and exactly how much did you get for that? What was your consulting fee? No, you just jumped in and helped and said, hey, don't blow this and go do this over here. There's so many that are not you that, again, see it as being vulturous and go and jump on top of that and be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We can do this because we have the relationships to do it. What I continuously tell people is do it yourself. You build this. This is yours. You know who this fits. You know the market. You understand the label. You have this all envisioned. Don't be, I won't tell you the word, but just do it instead of just not doing it. <laughs> so, um, so you're right. And I, and I love, I love that about you. Okay. Last question, I promise. And then I want you to come back tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the I'm, next day. Um, let's do it. Let's create a joint show. I love it. That's awesome. Okay. No, so. no BS, Brian and Stephanie. No BS. Okay. Let's do it. That's oh, perfect. I want your name first. So I can be second. No, because SB wouldn't work. Let's S-O-B. do no BS. U-S-O-B. That's great. <laughs> okay. Brian, seriously, like seriously. And I know that you don't like to get super personal and stuff. I just, I just know that you don't, but what keeps you up at night? Like, what are the challenges and the problems or, or what do you wish you could help? Well, hold on. What do you wish you could help more that you haven't figured out? Or what is it? What is it that keeps you up? Nothing. For most of my young adult life to probably a year or two ago, I make myself sick. I've given myself shingles, Bell's palsy, all from stress, all from nerves, all from worrying about things that I can't control. You know, I had to reprogram my whole brain. I am, I'm Italian, Sicilian, so I will get emotional and I can react with the best of them. Uh, but that's embarrassing. You know, I've, I've been in rooms where I flip tables in my earlier career. And that's, you know, I used to say, hey, at least I have passion. No, that's embarrassing. That's not who I want people to remember me by. I want to be the guy that they can rely on, someone that was stable and responsible and rational. So not to sound arrogant or, or like I'm lying, nothing keeps me up at night. Um, I worry about my parents' health. They're, they're not, not well. So things like that that are natural. But I built a world where I control my world. If I mess up, I got to deal with it and figure it out. You know, a lot of people worry is always about somebody else, right? Somebody else doing them harm, somebody else attacking them. Like this bee that's trying to kill me right now. (laughs) Somebody that's... I love the control though, Brian. I love the control. You're like, I am not going to swat you away. They they sense fear. Like people, they sense fear. You can sit on my shoulder and we can have... You talk about honey. Let's talk. (laughs) Let's just have a conversation. Don't be toxic to me. I won't be toxic to you. (laughs) Exactly. And And speaking of bees, this always drove me crazy. That expression, you can get more bees with honey. What are you doing with bees? What Who the hell do you bees? need bees for? <laughs> so, and why are you using their own product to get them? That's awful. It's, it's awful. It's like feeding a chicken, uh, chicken salad. It's not nice. So that's our first episode of No BS. <laughs> no BS. Okay. We just like that's going to be the first episode. I think we should do it. I'm going to talk to the producers about doing it. It'd be so fun. It'll be fun. That'd be great. We can get people that speak like us and understand the world and just tell it how it is. That would be. Okay, more, I'm putting more okay, of that. I'm putting that on your agenda. I'm not even kidding. Let's do it. All right, that's awesome. I don't think I finished my answer. I, uh, You're not done. I'm just. I but the bee was distracting me. I was distracted <laughs> by the bee. Uh, anyway, what keeps me up at night is 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 not overthinking other people's 
decisions or actions that affect me because I don't I don't have that. Uh, and if, if 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 there's a problem with one of our businesses, like that's where I shine. I love that I can quickly come up with a, a resolution. Every problem I ever was faced, I flipped it into a positive. I created a great opportunity. I created great um, business partners. Uh, I just look at the world differently. There's always a solution, uh, but you can't do that if you're not calm and your emotions are at ease. It's it's never good to go into a decision with a, a reactionary response and it's, or impulsive. Yeah, take a minute and just, it's, it's unfortunate, especially with what I do, I got to think 20 steps out. And, but my mind just works like that, so it's not hard. And think of every decision, what's that going to trigger? And then, you know, kind of like some of those movies where you could see the guy's brain connecting all these dots. I, I, I do that. I love that. The more dots, the more opportunities, the more pivots, the more solutions, the more angles. But, you know, if you can come to a place and control your own world, don't worry about things you can't control because it's just a waste of time. And invite only a small, I mean, Stephanie, you know what, what, what you do in your job. I mean, you know how to keep your inner circle tight. And for me, it's me and two dogs. And sometimes I'm like, I don't trust that one. Right. You got you to gotta keep You're it. like, that one's iffy. That's how I feel about the kids. I feel like that about the kids. I was like, you know, I liked you yesterday, but today, uh, I don't know, not so Ooh, much. That's side eye. I don't know if I trust that. <laughs> but yeah, a, a small inner circle means less issues, right? Less people with their own ideas and thoughts and problems. And and the quicker you can acknowledge somebody that should or shouldn't be in your life. And you just got to, you know, I, I fire people from my life all the time. It sounds cold, but it's my life. You know, I, I, I think I have a right to, to decide where I want to eat, who I want to be with, who I want to hang out with, who I want to work with. I say what kind of bottle of water I want to drink. Like I have decisions. I make decisions all day and it also can decide who can participate in my world and, and who shouldn't. God, thank God I made some of the list. I would just be devastated if I didn't make that list. You're special and you're a rock star. And I'm <laughs> on, honored to be chatting with you today. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, I really, 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 really appreciate you taking the time. And I just, I, every single time, Brian, I literally get so lit up. And, you know, at this point in life, we've talked about this before, you know, you don't, I don't seek validation from anybody. I just kind of know who I am and I feel really comfortable with it. I don't have a ton of very close friends and, and I'm really good with that. I'm actually really, I created this. I created this on purpose. This was my purposeful way of deciding who I was going to be and what I was going to message to the world. But every single time I talk to you, I leave with such a calmness and a stillness and um, such an amazing, fulfilling, connected presence just being with you. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. And oh, I can't wait to start No BS. That's right. No BS. It's going to be a platinum award-winning show. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. And I look forward to doing this again really soon. Thank you, my friend. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to Spin It. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to hit the subscribe button to be notified when a new episode is released. The best way to support the show is to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast app. And if you want to hear more from me, hop over to Instagram and follow me at Stephanie Malik. That's Stephanie with a Y. S-T-E-P-H-Y-N-I-E Malik, M-A-L-I-K, or visit my website at stephaniemalik.com.